Hilchus Erevin Perik Beis Halacha Aleph. An Shehachatzer, the men of a members of a courtyard. Shehirvu Kulin, who all made the Erev, they all contributed some small amount of food. Chutz Me'achah Mehen, except for one of them. Shalei Erev Iman, who did not contribute and did not join. Bein Meisib Be'meshechach, whether he did it on purpose, he figured I have no reason to carry the Shabbos. I don't need to. Or he simply forgot. He forbids the carrying on everybody. Everyone becomes forbidden to carry from their house to the courtyard. Or the reverse. Now, if the individual who did not join the Erev formally declares a, a nullification or a subordination of his property, which means that he formally re, uh, rele, um, relinquishes uh, re- removes his authority of his property and hands it over to the other people in the courtyard. Not the ownership per se, but the uh, the authority of the property. So the other people are now allowed are still are, are allowed to carry now from uh, their house to the courtyard and vice versa. Also, however, no one's allowed to carry into his house. So everyone else can carry in the courtyard and from the courtyard to their homes, but his house, no, one, no one's allowed to carry from his house to the courtyard or vice versa. If that person sub, uh, nullifies or subordinates the, the, the authority over his house and his portion in the courtyard to them, they're all allowed to carry even into his house and vice versa. So they're all allowed to carry even into his house, and he's allowed to carry as well. In the first case, we only, we only was mavatal uh, the rishus of his of his of his portion in the courtyard, because uh, it says in the first case, So he only subordinates to them his portion in the courtyard. So then they are allowed to carry all, all over the courtyard and their house. Their house of the courtyard he can't. Now in this case, we mavatal to them his home and his courtyard. So everyone's allowed to carry. Hey, the they're allowed to carry because they uh, made the area. And he, uh, and even though he, he, he didn't join the Erev, but, so the Chayra, there's a, still a portion in the, in the courtyard that's not part of the Erev, but he, he, he was a bottle to them, the Rishush of his house in the Chatzah. So, so that Rishush now is bottled to the other people who did make an Erev. So the whole courtyard is considered to have been made, um, to, have, had, to, have, to have had an Erev made. The Gamhumot, he's also allowed to carry, he doesn't have a property, of his own there. He's like a guest by them. A guest doesn't forbid uh, carrying on his host. So uh, the guest doesn't have to participate in the Erev. So this symbolic gesture m- now makes him uh, a guest in, in, in the courtyard. And therefore, they're all allowed to carry as as uh, as as they are normal as if they all made the Erev. Now it's as if a guest came on Shabbos to join them. And th- th- that's of no consequence. And therefore, carrying is permitted. Uh, for everybody, everywhere in the courtyard. So it's like, it's like the courtyard has a, has a guest house in the courtyard, and he came as the guest to the, to the courtyard, which is perfectly fine. They can all carry. Someone, now I should also clarify that uh, we said in the previous parak Aleph, that you don't have to necessarily go around collecting food from every, every individual. If that's the way you're going to do it, uh, that's a little bit, bit, more, bit more tedious, and that's fine. If someone doesn't contribute, that's when you get to run into this problem. Of course, if you just take the food and say, I hereby declare this, you know, you hand it to somebody else to acquire on behalf of everybody in the courtyard, in that case, it would not, uh, it would not obviously be an issue. Since that's a common custom today, this, this halacha has little practical relevance on, in most scenarios. Halacha based. If someone subordinates or nullifies his rishus without declaring 
whether it's just the, his portion in the courtyard or his home. And the difference is, 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 is the difference is as, we, as, as we described in the previous halacha <coughs> as to whether or not he's allowed to carry <coughs> and whether or not anyone else is allowed to carry into his home. So if someone is his rishus to the other people in the courtyard, she has to do so to every single person uh, specifically. My rishus is bottled to you and to you too. He can't just get up and say, I hereby declare my rishus bottled to all of you. He has to specify each individual, uh, if not by name, at least saying you individually. Thou. Inheritor let's say a child can move his rishus to the other people, even though his bequeather, the person he inherited from, or the uh, testator as it's called, uh, passed away on Shabbos, and that person did not make an Erev. And to now, the Yerush can, in his place, on Shabbos, uh, make an Erev. Because the inheritor, or in fact, even if, even if the person who passed away did make an Erev, um, but perhaps the ch- child who didn't live in the courtyard lived somewhere else. Now on Shabbos, suddenly this this as as soon as he passed away on Shabbos, this home and a portion of the courtyard which belonged to to Yaakov or to, uh, uh, now goes to his son Ruvain <clears throat> on Shabbos because he inherits immediately. So now there's a member of the courtyard who didn't participate in the eruv. So what do they do? So the 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 Irish can uh to other people. Because the Yerush stands in place of his, of, of the of, his, of the Meirish, the person he inherits from, for all practical purposes. The concept of being on Shabbos is at the outset motor. You don't have to participate. If you choose, I'm, I'm not going to participate the Shabbos. Instead, I'm going to do my chatzer to everyone else. You can choose to do so. Now, what if the people who made the Erev to the one guy who did not make the Erev. Whom what he can carry, because now he's the only host, everyone else's guests. And they're forbidden to carry, because they don't have a portion in, 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 the, in the courtyard. And and uh, we don't say, that they're all his guests. You can't have a situation where you have multiple people in this context who are guests by one individual. Of course, you can have 10 guests in the house on Shabbos, but that this idea of symbolically making all these people subordinate to him, and he's the host, and they're all guests, that can't be done. The other way around, it could be done. One person becomes a symbolic guest by them, by being vatal, his court, his, his, his chatzar in his house. But the reverse cannot be done. So when they're vatal, the rishos to him, and they really control ownership, the fact that he does not own the entire courtyard doesn't prevent him carrying, because symbolically, he does own the entire courtyard now. And their homes, if they're vatal, they home, their homes as well, perhaps even. Uh, so he can carry even into the houses on Shabbos, maybe. But the idea that they can carry as well, being guessed by him, that we don't say. Now, so far we talked about one person not making an Erev. So what if there's two more people who did not participate in the Erev? So if they're Mavat and the to those who did make the Erev, let's say there's ten people, eight of them made the Erev, two did not. The eight people made the Erev can carry. Those who did not make the Erev cannot carry. The eight people who made the Erev cannot be Mavatal the Rishos, the two people who did not make the Erev. Even if, 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 besides the fact that the previous Allah won't, won't help them, even to Mavatal to them so that they, those two can carry cannot be done either. Because each one of them, even if they do, if they do that, 
those two guys still cannot carry because now each one of them is forbids the uh, the the, uh, the carrying on each other because there's when the eight people are, are nullify their domain to these two people, now these two people are the only two real owners of the courtyard, so to speak. But each one did not make the Arabs. Now it's a joint courtyard between two people, and each one of them forbids the other from carrying, and because both of them did not make an Arab. Even if one of them, that one of those two guys who did not make an Arab, then goes and says, this whole courtyard and all its houses, which, which these people were battled to me, I'm taking all that with my house and my portion of the courtyard, I'm, I'm battling to you, that, that, that doesn't help either. It's still forbidden. Because at the time, that the eight, other eight people were just to him, he was forbidden to carry. Which seems to me that in order to be allowed to carry through Bittal, it has to be that you're Mavatl Yerushus to someone else who's allowed to carry. You cannot carry. You're to them, and then you can carry. Now, that's actually problematic because in the previous halacha we said that if, let's say, there's 10 people, one did not make an Erev, the nine people who are about to the to the one person, that one guy could carry. So I'm not sure exactly what the answer to that is. Now, one person, two people, let's say, let's say a courtyard, two people who share a courtyard. One of them made the Erev. Uh, excuse me. You have two people in a courtyard. One of them uh, makes an Erev. You know, so he... You know, uh, declares you know that with this we should be allowed to carry. But he doesn't actually, you know, with, with, even with the amount of food, but he doesn't transfer the food over to the other person. And that person didn't participate in the food collection. So essentially, only one person made the participate in the eruv. So he cannot nullify his property to the other person who did not make the eruv because um, apparently this doesn't work if you have just two people. But the one person who did not make the Erev can be Mavatul, his Rishus, the one who didn't make the Erev, and then he's a guest by him, and they can both carry. So, um, so the person who made the, who made the Erev, the one person who made the Erev, to Mavatul, the one person who did not make the Erev, and then be a guest by him, that, uh, that does not work. Just like one homeowner can be mavatl his rishus, his domain, to another homeowner in one courtyard, as we just described so far in this prayer, so too can be to somebody else in a different courtyard. They can, they can switch, take turns in terms of who's mavatl the rishus to who. Kesef, for example, two people live in a courtyard. Neither of them made an Erev. One person, let's say Reuven and Shimon, Reuven can be mavatl his rishus to Shimon, so that Shimon is now the host, who remains a guest. So now, even though, well, Reuven's the host, Shimon's the guest, that doesn't mean they can both carry. Only Reuven can carry, as we said in the previous halacha. The idea of being a guest is only if it's a majority, apparently, based on what we're saying so far. You can't have the concept of one person being guest by one person. So, um, so, so, so Ruvain can carry uh, in his his rishus, his domain, in other words, which is now the whole entire courtyard, uh, based on the fact that his, his fellow was mavatul to his rishus. As he has tochot, he does all his needs, carries everything he needs to carry. But chazal shein mavatul rishus l'shishin, and Ruvain goes and he's mavatul his rishus to Shimon. Mavatul rishin b'rishus b'rishus shebitloi, and then Shimon can now uh, carry as he needs to 
based on the fact that the roof was about his issues to him. You can go back and forth. You can be in a ruin, any any shared property. If it's not actual courtyard, it's a ruin. Uh, it's between two houses. So that's the same status as any shared property, as it is in a courtyard. I'm not sure what the point over here is. Perhaps a ruin is somewhere something which is not used as commonly. But the, the, so therefore, you would think maybe it's different. But the point is the same. Any shared property with two people or more people where there's my property, your property, and then there's our property, that's where you can have the concept of an Erev and the concept of Bittl applies there as well. So Allah is actually very relevant because, for example, you have two people or, 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 uh, who share uh, a, uh, a house uh, and they don't know about the halachas of Erev Chatseris and they realize on Shabbos, oh my gosh, we'd make an Erev, what should we do? And they need to carry stuff. They can do this concept of Bittl. Someone who's a to his fellow courtyard members because he did not participate in the Erev. And then he went and carried in that Rishos as he's not allowed to. So he carried something, for example, from his house into the courtyard after saying that I'm, I'm being about to my Rishos to you. If he did it on purpose, he forbids everyone else to carry. Because he demonstrates that he's not keeping his word. And his bittle now is 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 is, uh, is irrelevant. Perhaps you can even understand it to mean that he demonstrates at the outset he wasn't being genuine. If, however, he did it by accident, anyways, he does not forbid upon them. because he 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 remains in his in his, in his genuine state of uh, being a battle his rishus to them, his state of bittle, so to speak. Except that he forgot. But when does this apply? That if he goes and carries deliberately from his house into the courtyard, that he now the the the, the, the bittle is nullified. <laughs> the bit, which means nullification, is nullified. In other words, it's it's, it's void. That these people to whom he was did not immediately t- take advantage of it before he before he voided it. If they take, took advantage of it and they carried on Shabbos from the courtyard to the house, the house to the courtyard, or in some way that they made use use of the fact that he was vata the rishus to, to his rishus to them, and therefore they went and carried in a way that's permitted only under those circumstances. Then after that he goes and he's and he voids his bittel by carrying from his house in the courtyard. Amazing, even if it's on purpose, he does not forbid them to carry. Can remain uh, permitted to carry throughout the Shabbos as they were with the moment he was vata his rishus to them. If you have two houses on two opposite sides of the public domain. Of the two opposite sides of the street. And on Shabbos, Goyim made a gate around it. So the, the government came on Shabbos and they made a large fence around the, this part of the block. And now the two houses are in Rosh Hashayachin. So now, to now these, these people in these two houses say, one second, well, now we're in Rosh Hashayachin. So now we can carry from our house to your house and back and forth. And in this little area of the street now it's been blocked off by these barriers. Um... Except that we have to make an Erev because uh, now we have uh, a shared property over here. So, of course, you can't make an Erev on Shabbos, but you can do Bittl. But in this case, they cannot be Mavatl one to the other. Since before Shabbos, it was impossible for them to make an Erev, since there was no Yachad over here, there's no Chatzar. The Chatzar was built, so to speak, on Shabbos. So therefore, you can't do Bittl, uh, you can't do bittl on Shabbos uh, because you could not do the Erev before Shabbos. So, because it was usher to carry in this area for part of the Shabbos, it remains usher for the entire Shabbos um, 
because it was also to carry and it was impossible to be permitted because you couldn't make an Erev, it remains, it remains also the whole Shabbos. One of the members of the Chatur passes away on Shabbos, or passes away, and then, and then he leaves his, and now someone else who's not a member of the courtyard, that he has kids who are living in different places, uh, now who inherit his property. So he passed away before Shabbos. So before Shabbos, for example, they made an Erev, and he participated in the Erev. But then, before Shabbos, later, later on, on Friday, he passed away. So now his son, who lives on the other side of town, who has no connection to the Chatzar, he inherits the property before Shabbos. Because this, now this Yerush, who's not one of the members of the courtyard, although now he is, because he inherited, he inherited the house in the courtyard, caused them, causes them to be forbidden uh, to carry, because there's somebody, because before Shabbos started, there was a member of the a courtyard, an owner of a, a homeowner there, who did not participate in the, in, in the Erev. So in this case, even though he doesn't live there, but since he owns that house, he, it becomes his, uh, he, he causes them to, he causes, he, he causes a situation where he's one of the members of the courtyard, and he did not participate in the Erev, therefore they cannot carry. What if the person passed, the member of the courtyard passed away on Shabbos? And in that case, the fact that now there's a new owner uh, somewhere else, uh, a new owner um, uh, of the courtyard, this, the, the, the child of the, or, or the, the heir of the person who passed away, uh, who did not participate in the Erev, he does not cause to be forbidden to carry. What if now, if someone passed away, and now one of the members of the courtyard owns a house somewhere else, because now he owns his father's house on the other side of town. I'm sorry, so I wasn't clear. It seems that the case over here is that there's a shemes, someone from outside the outside the courtyard doesn't live there who passed away, but he owns a house in the courtyard. He leaves his rishus in the courtyard. The one of the members of the courtyard. So, for example, you have um, you have you have a father and a son. The fa- the son owns a house in the courtyard and lives there. The father owns a house in the courtyard but does not live there. Now. The father passed away. On, the father passed away, and now the son owns a house that he did not own at the time he made the eruv. If the father passed away before Shabbos, any doesn't cause anyone to be forbidden to carry. They can still carry because they all made the eruv. Even though he made the eruv before he owned this house, there's make a difference. The fact is, he made the eruv, so now it applies to all of his property and everything he owns. He owns the house. It's fine. If the, the father passes away after Shabbos started. So when Shabbos started, he participated in the Erev. But that Erev did not include this piece of property when Shabbos started. So therefore, um, the house inherited by the heir is not included in the Erev when Shabbos began. So it does cause to be forbidden to carry. Until, of course... He does what we described in Halacha Beis, the idea of being mavatl his rishus to the other people, and then they can all carry. So he has to be mavatl the rishus, uh, not all of his domain, but the just that one one domain that he inherited on Shabbos. He has to be mavatl to the other members of the chutzner in order to be allowed to carry. Halacha Ches Yisrael, a Jewish, a regular Jewish person, a ger and a convert, and talking about a convert who has no heirs. <laughs> who are living in a cave. I'm not sure why the Ramam chooses a cave as opposed to a courtyard. Perhaps that's what the Gemara says. All right, anyways. And the convert passes away before Shabbos starts. Now, when a convert who has no heir passes away, causes no heir, everything he owned becomes ownerless. 
And if that's the way it remains, no one takes possession of it, that's fine, because if ownerless property in a courtyard does not render the area problematic. But now, even though now another Jew, if, and if this other person in the cave takes, uh, takes possession of the owner's, of the non-Jew's property, like, you know, he does whatever action is required to acquire that piece of that land, uh, that's also not an issue because now he owns everything. Of course he can carry. But in this case, even though what happened was another Jewish person took possession of this, this, this convert's property um, before Shabbos starts. Now when Shabbos starts, excuse me, after Shabbos started, so the other Jewish person came along and took possession of his property after Shabbos started. So, but when Shabbos, so when Shabbos started, there was no the, 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 there was there was no issue on Shabbos. Someone else came along and acquired the non the, the heirs' possessions and his land, and so now you have two Jewish people in this courtyard with no eruv. So, even though once Shabbos started, there was no issue, but since now someone else inherited the property. So the person who's uh, taking possession causes everyone to be forbidden to be carried until he's 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 about to to the, to the other person or one of them is about to the other. because he's like an like an heir, he's the same status as an heir. If the non the, the the convert passed away after Shabbos began, even though another Jewish person came along and took possession of the property on Shabbos, in love he does not cause to be forbidden on anybody. It remains the same status of permissibility that it was when Shabbos began. It retains that throughout the Shabbos. When a Jewish person lives in a courtyard and he shares it with a non-Jew, either an idolatrous non-Jew or a non-Jew who keeps Shev Mitzvah in that case, it does not cause him to be forbidden to be carried. To carry. Because the dwelling of the non-Jew in the courtyard is not considered to be halachically dwelling. That dwelling is considered as if an animal was living there. Just like if you have an a, a, a animal, like someone else who, for example, has their cow grazing your courtyard, that doesn't cause you to not to be allowed to be carried. To not, that does not cause you to not be, to be allowed to carry. So, so too, if a non-Jew lives there, it has the same status. If there were two Jewish people or more, and we're talking about and, and a non-Jew uh, with them in the same courtyard, and we're talking about a case where if there was no non-Jew there, those two Jews would be required to make an erif. Like they have each one has their own home, not like a husband and a wife or two, two people two, two, or two people share a house, but two people who would be required to make an erif if there was no non-Jew. In that case, um, the even if they make an erif. So the non-Jewish non-Jewish presence forbids them to carry. This is a gazera. So so that that Jewish people should not have a non-Jewish idolatry living with them. They should not learn from his from his deeds, which are not appropriate for a Jewish person to behave. So therefore, it has nothing to do with Arab. It's simply a way of discouraging people. If you know that if you have a non-Jew living in your in your condominium building, you're not going to be allowed to carry, even if you make an Arab Khatseris. You won't have them living there. You won't uh, go over to his, uh, to his Thanksgiving dinners and learn from his ways, etc. So now, and why did not they did not make the same decree if it's one Jew and one non-Jew? You also don't want the Jewish person learning from the ways of a Gentile, even if it's one Jewish person. 
Because whole idea of one Jew living with one non Jew is not a common thing, and the Chachamim do not make decrees about uncommon situations. Because there's a, there's, he's, he's, the Jewish person will not live with a non Jew if it's just one Jew and one non Jew, because he's scared maybe the person will will, will kill him if, he, if he's concealed, if he's secluded with him. There's a decree that, that forbids a Jewish person from secluding himself with a non Jew. And and that's uh, and that's besides the point, but even if they're living in the same courtyard, where they're not considered to be secluded necessarily, there's, there's people can see what's happening. It's it's still an un- uncommon thing. So continuing this topic, if you have two Jewish people and one Gentile, live in one courtyard, the Jews make an eruv. That's of no consequence because we said that the Chum forbade that they made the eruv void. So that you should not have a non-Jew dwelling among Jewish people. Similarly, if the Jewish people are revatal, they subordinate or nullify their, 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 their the, the authority over their domain to the non-Jew or vice versa. Excuse me, if the non-Jew uh, um, nullifies to them, to them or vice versa. Or the Jew, two Jewish people are, are nullify their domain, their, their, their authority to each other. And this way they want to consider themselves to be like one household with the non-Jew, so it's one-to-one, in which case we said that that's something which Chazal did not forbid. That doesn't help. Because the concept of an Erev is of no consequence if there is a Goy present. Nor does the concept of nullifying domains uh, have any relevance in, the, in, the, in where there's a non-Jewish person present. So what's the Eitzah? The only way to uh, be allowed to carry is that they have to rent the domain from the guy. So this, this way, now they rented his house from him, he's living there, he's like, he's a tenant by them, he's like a guest by them. So he's not considered to be someone of, of, of consequence. Similarly, if there's a lot of non-Jews, they all have to rent their, their remains to the Jewish people. Then the Jews can make an error, and then they can carry and how does this apply in cities where you have a lot of non-Jews living? We'll discuss in uh, Perikei, I believe. And if a Jew, one Jewish person that rents the house from a Jewish person, he can then make an error with the other Jewish people, and they're all allowed to carry. Not every single Jew has to rent the property from the non-Jew. It's enough for one Jewish person to do it. He doesn't have to do it with everyone else. He doesn't have to act as, a, as an agent or a shliach of everyone else. As long as one Jewish person rents the non-Jew's property, that's sufficient. You have two courtyards, one inside the other, and you have to go through the outer one to get to the inner one. And then you have, the Ram's going to say, you have a Jew living in the outer courtyard and a Jew living in the inner courtyard and one non-Jew living in either the outer one or the inner one. A Jew and a non-Jew live in the inner one. Or a Jewish person is living by himself in the outer one. It's a Jewish person with a non-Jew in the outer one. We saw another Jew by himself in the inner one. So in that case, the non-Jew for causes carrying to be forbidden on the Jews uh, in the outer courtyard. In the outer courtyard, that, that, that is, unless the Jews rent this rent, rent this property from him. Because the 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 outer courtyard. There, are, there is one Jewish person living there, a second Jewish person who has rights to it to walk through the inner courtyard, and you have a non-Jew. And when they have an area of two Jews and one non-Jew, 
We said that the halach is you know, the Arab is irrelevant. He can't do bittul unless you rent the property from the goy. But the one living in the inner courtyard, he's allowed to carry. The one living in the in the inner courtyard, he could carry in the inner courtyard. Why? Because either he's living there alone in the case where the guy lives in the outer courtyard, and in which case it's obviously no problem, or the guy is living in the inner courtyard, it means you have one Jew and one non-Jew. We said before, when there's one Jew and one non-Jew, it doesn't prohibit the, the one Jewish person from carrying over there in that place for reasons to be explained in Allah uh, so this idea of renting the property from the non-Jew is is not really a hard and fast monetary transaction. It's more symbolic, as we'll see as we'll see in Allah You can rent the property from the non-Jew even on Shabbos. Because this idea of renting can be done on Shabbos just like Bittl Rishos, nullifying, subordinating your domain, relinquishing your authority, uh, which is Bittl Rishos. It can also be done on Shabbos. It's not, a, it's not a hard and fast rental. It's for the purpose of distinction. Perhaps I can translate it as symbolic. I hope it's not too blasphemous. Therefore, you can rent it from the guy, even less than a shavaprut. Even though usually in Torah, the minimum amount of something to be considered monetary significance and value is a pruta. In this case, it can be even less than a pruta. Similarly, for the same reason, the wife of the non-Jew can rent, uh, you know, this. you go to her, give her a penny, tell her, hey, we're renting your property for Shabbos, uh, so to speak, in the sense that, uh, that we, can, we can carry now, even though you're here, uh, just for Shabbos, and uh, you probably, probably don't have to tell them that, um, Without the without the non-Jew's knowledge, even though again for legal purposes, if you would try to buy the house and his wife sold the contract, signed the contract without him knowing, that would not count. Even to rent it wouldn't count. But the idea of here is that again for for this purpose, it's allowed. Similarly, his his uh, hired worker or his uh, butler could uh, rent it without his, without asking his permission. Israeli, even if his hired worker or his uh, his butler was a Jew, he's a maskir. Uh, he rented from him without his acquiescence. Now, what if a person asked the non-Jew permission to store something in this property? The non-Jew lent it to him. So now he's considered now to be a partner with him in the property because you have, have, a, you have a partnership in this property that you now are allowed to use his property to store whatever you're storing there, your, your barrels, for example, or whatever. Therefore, you can rent the property also to the... the, the uh, the other Jews in the, in, the, in, the, in the courtyard without his knowledge. So the non-Jew gives you permission to store your bicycle in his garage. You can rent the, his whole entire property to your fellow Jews for Shabbos and therefore everyone can carry. If this non-Jew had many hard, uh, hard workers or butlers or a lot of wives, if just one of them rented to the Jewish people, that is sufficient. Two Jews and one Gentile live in one courtyard, in which case we said, you're not allowed to carry, and the Arab doesn't help. But they rented the, the property from the non-Jew on Shabbos, which is, the, which is what you're supposed to do in order to be able to carry. Then one of them can then go, if he wants, and subordinate, nullify his domain to the second person. And, and so they did not make an Arab, so so they can't carry, even if they had made an Arab, they couldn't, they couldn't carry uh, because of the non-Jew. But in this case... Uh, they by renting the property of the guy before Shabbos would let them make an Erev but, but they not, did not make an Erev so in this case they have to now one of them is a Vatlas is just the second one Umutra therefore the other person to whom let's say Ruven is a Vatlas of Shimon Shimon can carry similarly if a non-Jew dies on Shabbos and I guess the idea is, is that uh, now uh, whoever inherited from 
you didn't rent from him. Whoever inherits his, this non-Jewish property, you didn't rent the property from him on Shabbos. So, each, each Jewish person can be to the other person, and whoever is the one who is being this bottle to can carry it and go back and forth, as, as, as I said before. If a non Jew rents his property to another non Jew, who's the real owner now? Who do you rent from for the purpose of Erev? If the first person cannot evict the second person until the lease is over, the second person is the real owner, you rent from him. He goes in the place of the original owner. However, the first person can evict the, the, the person whenever he wants, the other non-Jew whenever he wants. If the other person was not present, the Sachish and the and the uh, the the Jewish per- people rented from the original owner who can evict whenever he wants. That's permitted. So it sounds like ideally you should rent from uh, the, the 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 person who's present living there. Ideally. Uh, so, so it's just if the renter is not present, then you can rent it from the original owner. If you have a courtyard where there are Jews and non-Jews living there, and the Jewish houses are attached to each other, and there's windows between the houses, and they made an Erev through the windows, which I believe means they made the Erev uh, uh, with the intention, they, they, they collected the food through the windows, or with the intention of carrying through the windows, even though they are permitted to carry from house to house through the windows, they cannot carry through the doors. Because of the non-Jewish person's presence, until they rent the property from him. Because you don't have the situation where uh, these multiple Jewish people become like one, one, one family, one unit, if there's a non-Jewish person present. I have to confess, I don't completely understand but I try. A Jewish person who publicly violates the Shabbos, or he worships idols, he has the status of a non-Jew for all practical purposes. And you can't make an error with him like, uh, um, because he's not considered halakhically uh, uh, Jewishly privileged. And he cannot, he cannot be mevatel his rishos. Because he's not considered a Jewish person in this regard. You rent from him, rather, the way you would from a non-Jew. He's not publicly violating the Shabbos. So he doesn't worship idols. He just doesn't believe in the tr- truth of Torah. If he was a, a heretic. does not worship idols. Nor does he violate the Shabbos publicly. Like, for example, the uh, Sadducees or Baitusim, which are a group of uh, Jews who did not accept the oral law, the who did not accept the oral, the, the, the oral Torah. So what's his, what's his status? Here's the principle. The describing these heretics as not idol worshippers. They're not pagans. And they don't violate, violate the Shabbos publicly. Even though they don't believe in Teresh Peh, apparently they, they, they don't... Uh, Violate the Shabbos in their understanding, or at least in their, uh, at least not publicly. But in, 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 very interesting. In any event, um, whoever does not accept the mitzvah of Erev, you can't make him part of the Erev. He doesn't believe in Erev. So therefore, these heretics don't believe in the mitzvah of Erev. In fact, they probably don't believe in the mitzvah of the, the prohibition of carrying Bechlal, because it's all part of the Old Torah. 
Therefore, you cannot make them as part of the Eruv. Nor can you rent from them because they're not considered like Gentiles. A Gentile, for a Jew to be considered like a Gentile, so to speak, in this regard, is only if he worships idols or publicly violates the Shabbos. So what can you do? This heretic can nullify his domain, his Rishos, to the, to, to the proper Jew. That's the way to, that you can... Uh, correct the situation. You had one Jewish person and one heretic of such in the courtyard. He answers on him his uh, the right to carry until he's about to to him. 